Thank you. Um, I'm not going to make anyone stand up. I'm not going to embarrass anyone this morning. It's not going to happen. Some people are very grateful for that, and I can see faces looking at me saying, that's cool. Don't believe you, but that's cool. Um, right. Okay. One thing I'm going to say, first of all, is, is forgive me today. This may not be my usual kind of, uh, well, I say usual. I'm pushing myself a bit there. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that this is going to flow that much because I think God, I think God has asked me to say things for a particular reason. There aren't so many people here today. Actually, there's more than I there were at the beginning. But I truly believe you're here because God wants you here. Okay? Uh, if, if you want a classy message, then there's probably a church up the road that will give you one. You know? Um, but this ain't it. You know? Uh, not today. Not today. Uh, because I think God has got things that he is saying to people this morning or that people need. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Father God, I pray that you will bring encouragement this morning to those people who need encouragement, help to those who need help, comfort to those who need comfort, challenge to those who need challenge. Father God, I believe that this is in your heart this morning, that there are people here this morning who are sad, muddled, worried, confused, and anxious, who wish things for them were a bit different than they are. There are others of us who may be going to face that. And Father God, I pray that what we have to talk about this morning might bless those people and help them. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I'm going to do my best to, to do that, okay? First of all, my um, visual aid. As you know, I don't really do that stuff up there, you know. That's good, isn't it? I just got, you know, I just got Sharon to put up the, uh, the words. That, that's like, a, that's as far as I go. Um, that is because um, as we sung those songs, and, and I hadn't had spoken to Steve at all, this is so important. I was thinking about this whole business about an anchor, holding on to an anchor um, earlier on uh, this week just kept coming into my head, this, uh, this picture of an anchor. And uh, it is to do with God being our anchor. His unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale. My anchor holds within the veil. It, it, God is our anchor. And sometimes we need someone to hang on to to stop us moving around in a world that just kind of swishes about and seems to, you know, I went to, you know, none of this is planned, this bit. Um, Elaine and I went to Greece, and uh, we like going swimming in the sea. We don't do it too much at Brighton and Bournemouth because it freezes your toes off. But in Greece, it's pretty nice, you know. Um, but to get in the water... You know, getting in the water anywhere, why don't they ever, why, you know, sorry, Lord, I'm just, just a slight complaint here. Why don't they do it so that it's all nice and smooth as you go in? No stones, 
just nice sand and gradually take you in. No, it's, oh, come on. I mean, it's like this shingle stuff that goes down. And as you stand on it, it gives way underneath you, you know? And it's like, it's murder. It's worth getting out. Have you ever had that? You know, you're trying to get out and it just kind of, what's going on here? You know, why aren't they nice? Why didn't God make little steps that come out the sea? <laughs> That's all I'm saying, Lord. Um, but it's not like that. Things shift under our feet, don't they? They just, they just move about. And, um, and we need help sometimes in that. And, and I, believe, I believe that sometimes we need something to dig in and hold us so that we're not shifting around with everything that's pushing us about. And that's why I think I had that picture of that anchor. Because God is a, is a faithful God. Here's another bit that, that's got... Now, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go on to the talk that I was going to do. You know, I might as well, you know. Um, can someone hold this? Because, sorry, it's sweaty. Um. <laughs> people in the podcast, don't bother. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a fuchsia. It's a sad little specimen, <laughs> and I don't mean me either. Um, yeah, it does look sad, doesn't it? Um, there are some problems about this. Uh, it used to be, it, trust me, it used to look really, really good. So the story of this sad little specimen here is that there was a, once a lovely fuchsia bush covered with very nice flowers, and it really looked good. And I nurtured it because I, I like. We had loads of container plants on our on our patio, loads of them. Problem was, we'd gone on holiday a couple of times, and good friends came in to feed the cat, and undertook to water the plants. But I didn't expect them to do what I do: go around, you know, with a watering can, fill it up, go on each one, and whatever. I just said. Just use the, uh, use the hose over the lot, okay? And most of the stuff was okay, but not this. this. Look at the state of it. And I just want to point out a few things about it, all right, to help us. First of all, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that this didn't survive when it got watered, that others did, is, is this. It hasn't got a big enough reserve at the bottom, okay? It hasn't got enough reserve. Um, when darkness seems to hide his face, do you know what you learn in the light helps you to see in the dark, okay? What you learn in those times when, when things are okay and listening to what God says and... and, and being filled with the Spirit, as it says in Ephesians 5.18, and, and getting yourself filled with those things of God. When those rough times come, you've got a reserve, okay? You've got a reserve. Uh, 
Philippians, in Philippians, it also says this. It asks you to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Now, what that means isn't um, being a goody-goody and getting everything right. It sounds like it, but it's not. It actually kind of means sticking close to God. Okay? Uh, The fruit of sticking close to God is all the good stuff that, you know, that comes out and whatever. That's the fruit of righteousness. Sticking close to God is so, so important. Um, And obeying him is part of that because if you're sticking close to him, he's showing you what to do. And if you're listening to what Jesus is saying to you and then and carrying it out, you're building up that, that reserve for when the tough times come. Uh, there's a story in the Bible about these uh, bridesmaids, and there were ten of them. Five bright ones and five not-so-bright ones. And uh, their job was to welcome the bride and bridegroom. Uh, when you see pictures of this in churches and stuff, sometimes they've got these tiny little lamps. Okay, well, actually, they, they probably weren't uh, because... They'd be rubbish, you know. They'd like be one of like those kind of tempe torches you get in crackers or something. Yeah, they were actually big torches, like big sticks with like stuff wrapped around, doused in oil, you know, so that they could light the way for the for the um, bride and bridegroom coming through. They actually needed to constantly be refilled. They actually constantly needed topping up, regular topping up. It took about, apparently, every 20 minutes or so, they'd have to, you know, put a bit more oil on to keep them going. And, of course, what the foolish bridesmaids did, they didn't bother to take any extra oil, so it ran out, and they had to go and get some more. But the clever ones, they had a reserve of oil. They could keep on topping it up do you know we can't we need to keep walking with God day by day and and getting that reserve so that when the dark times come we we know about that anchor we know about God okay so that's that's in a way for for those of us who at the moment are feeling fine great that's good Keep close to God. That, that's the challenge to you. Keep yourself topped up. Keep being filled with the Spirit. That's, that's what it says in the Bible. It doesn't say be filled with the Spirit and that's it. The words mean keep on being filled with the Spirit. Don't stop being filled with the Spirit. Keep going on. There's another problem with this. When they were showering it, you see this top bit? Okay. When, when all the leaves are on, it's, it's, it's too narrow, okay? It doesn't catch the water. Sprinkling it doesn't work. And sometimes I think people just get, want to be sprinkled with God's word, kind of. You know, they, you come on a Sunday or whatever, and uh, you get a little bit of a sprinkling, and, you know, you get a really good talk that makes you laugh or whatever. Do you know... You need to personally relate to God and take what's being said at the front to you, okay? It's not just 
you know, I'm sprinkling in one sense. I'm just chucking it at all of you. But I know that for some of you, God is speaking personally. And we need to drink from God's Spirit personally. Um, Peter's confession in, in Matthew. What happens is, there are all these people who listen to Jesus, okay? Just like you are now. Exactly like you are now, really, um, listening to me. And they all listen to Jesus, and they think, he's good, isn't he? He's like one of those prophets. He's a great teacher. He's really good at this, and he's, oh, what? He's fantastic. He's brilliant. They were nearly all missing the point. When Jesus says to him, he says to Peter, so what do these people think of me? And he says all that. You know, they think you're a prophet. You're you're Elijah. Come back. They think you're amazing. And Jesus turns to him, and this is the question, right? He says, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And then Peter says, you know, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. That's the point. Who is Jesus? Not, not what's he saying, how, you know, he's good at this and good at that. The, the point was that Peter knew Jesus for himself intimately he knew who Jesus was and that's what we have to do be ever closer to him yeah you know following the rules and and doing what he asks and, and that's that's important but the relationship is what's important it's knowing him better and better and better and the more we know him do you know it's like I have friends who I know really really well okay Now, I know lots of you pretty well, some of you more than others, but there are some people I know really, really, really well. I know them so well, someone like Derek, that I would have no hesitation whatsoever, and there are others of you, so don't get all huffy if I don't mention your name. You know, don't get, ooh, he didn't say me. You know, anyway, I'm I'm Derek, yeah, because he's older and, you know, he can part with it. I would have no hesitation in asking Derek to do stuff for me. Not at all. Because I'm so, I know, I know him, and I know that I could rely on him. And, and sometimes you might say, no, I can't do that. It's just like Jesus does sometimes, just like God does. You know, I can't, I'm not doing that. You know, or he might, he might be very sensible and say to me, Bob, you don't want me to do that. But I don't, because I'm, I know him, I'm not afraid to ask him stuff. And I know, I know that he'll come through for me because he's a good, reliable bloke. Okay, that's all you get. You know, trust me. There's no, that's it. Um, We need to get close to him. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is a verse in Psalms that says, be still and know I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes we just need to get with him. Sometimes it means going away and doing a mark. Mark likes to go away and sort of burn fire, you know, set fire to the landscape and stuff. Yeah, he does. He goes out camping and whatever. And uh, he gets alone with God. Dave Dave has his God and dog time. Um, Sometimes it's just at home, isn't it? Or anywhere, or walking, or in a place at work. 
Do you know you need to get alone with God? You need, you need to develop that relationship with him. And, and you see, you need to be open and listening, wide open. This, this plant isn't open to what's coming down on it. But God has got so much for us. All we need to have, be open and be ready for it to come down. The other reason it's in that state is very simply, I wasn't there, okay? I neglected it. Sad, isn't it? Yet there are various things in the Bible about that you shouldn't neglect, okay? It's quite interesting. You shouldn't neglect your gift, it's Timothy's told. Do you know God gives us stuff and he wants us to use it? And if we don't use it, Sometimes if you don't use it, you lose it, okay? I used to, believe it or not, believe it or not, I used to be quite a good runner. You look at this specimen in front of you now, you think you'd have trouble running for a bus. But I have done the London Marathon, and I, uh, oh, you can, yeah, yeah. 1982. <laughs> I don't care if you were one. Hey. Yeah, I did it in quite a good time. And I was injured at the time as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, less than four hours. Not bad, eh? Yeah. Oh. But do you know what? I sometimes say to Elaine, oh, I wish I'd have carried on running. And do you know what her answer is? Well, why didn't you? That's, that's, <laughs> men, that's why we have wives. Okay? To start... To, to say the stark, staringly obvious that you don't want to hear, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, that was it. Quite simply, I stopped running. And so you have what you have before you, you know? I, I couldn't do a marathon at the moment. Why? Because the talent that I did have for running, I didn't use. I stopped using it. And God gives us gifts to use. And, and Timothy was told, don't neglect using your gift. And if you think about it, it's a bit of an insult. You know, you know that thing where someone gives you a present, right? Gives you a present, and you look at it, and when they give it to you, you go, oh, thanks. And you're thinking, where do I hide this? Uh, and so my, my cousin once gave me a clock, right? But this clock, this is a wedding present, all right? And it's a big picture of a church, hideous picture. Okay, it really was bad. And in the middle of the tower was the clock, like a real clock. And it was so gross. If you've got one, forgive me. <laughs> but if you put it in a jumbo cell, I won't buy it. Okay, uh, but... This thing was really bad, and uh, it, it was a wedding present. What do you do? You know, you say, thanks, thanks John, that's really good. Um, but, of course, you know, when they come to visit, <laughs> you, you know what I'm, I'm saying here, don't you? You know, when they come round to visit, you think, get the clock out, put it up somewhere, at least for a while. You know, afterwards you can say it fell off the wall and broke. <laughs> you know, you can do that one. Uh, I throw that in as a tip, you know. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, 
God's, God's, God wants to know that you're using the stuff that he gives you. Yeah? He wants to know that. And uh, so don't, don't, ne- don't neglect that. Another place where it says uh, about um, not neglecting is don't neglect justice and the love of God. In other words, that's li- for me, that's living in a way that love your neighbor bit in, that Jesus says to us. Justice is, is, is more than just making sure, you know, it's uh, the decisions you make over someone are right. But it doesn't mean that. It's the way you treat people. It's the way you act. It's the way you carry your life with everybody else. That, that's what justice is about. And it couples it with the love of God. Okay? It's not some sort of harsh thing here. It's not doing charity to people. It's doing stuff because you love God and you want to do things for people and you want to help people and stuff like that. Don't neglect justice and the love of God. All this, incidentally, builds up the reserve. All of this opens you up for getting what God wants for you. Um, In Nehemiah, it says this. It says, we will not neglect, we will not neglect the home of our God and Hebrew says, let's not give up meeting together. I just want to say this. Uh, you're here today because God wants you here, okay? Uh, I can't minister to you. Um, you know, uh, Eunice can't mis- minister to you. Steve can't minister to you. We can't minister to each other if you're not here, Okay? we've said this before, one of the tendencies for people who are having a bad time is almost to kind of go into themselves and stay at home or something like that. Well, God's people are there for each other. That's what we're here for. We're not not really here just to have a good time or something. I I have a good time, but we're not, that's not the purpose. We're here to look after each other, to minister to each other. It's not about me, by the way ministering today it's about all you lot you know you you have to look after each other that's that's the household of God when it talks about not neglecting it it's not talking about the building when it's talking about not neglecting the home of our God it's not talking about the building he goes on to talk about all the people who work in the church and the people well not the church the the temple this is uh, and 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 the place that God is in it's to do with us. It's to do with each other. That's what it's about. You know, I get people come up to me. Mark will come up to me sometimes and say something. Or Elaine will say something to me at home. Or, or, I remember once, at the end of, a, end of me giving a talk, I don't know whether it's because Mandy felt uh, sorry for me or something, but she came up to me and she just said, I think I ought to give you a big hug. And she gave me a big hug. I'm small, so it's probably really a small hug. But, you know, you know what I mean? We look after each other, don't we? Uh, don't neglect the home of God. Be here, not just for yourself, but for everyone else who comes as well. And that, there are other times when we meet. It's not just about here. But, you know, getting together is so important. And the other one is, and this is really interesting because I think this is really for people here this morning. It says um, in Psalm 119, it says, I will not neglect 
your word. Now, this, this is really quite interesting, what the word means in, this, in the Hebrew here. There are two meanings to it. I'm going to be posh now. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can say that. I, I, I probably won't pronounce them properly because I own a clue. But one is Imra and one is Dabar. Yeah, that's my Hebrew, you know. Uh, the point about it is one of them, the words used in Psalm 119 about not neglecting God's word and meditating on it, meditating on his precepts, thinking about what God has to say, are to do with his revelation, the things he reveals to you, both, both in his, you know, the things you might read in the Bible, or the things that are said to you, or, the, or what I'm saying to you now, okay? God reveals his, his, himself in all sorts of ways, okay? And the other one, and I think this is important. I think there's some people here who I meant to say this for. The other word means promise, okay? It means promise. I think that's amazing. When you put word and promise together, uh, I'm going to do something now. I have to. If I said to you, okay, I mean, how much, how much have I got in my hands? Sorry? 20 pounds. Uh, it's interesting, this. I don't normally walk around with this in my pocket, and Elaine is probably saying, I'm having that. Um, but I don't normally walk around. But yesterday, um, I thought I'd need to get some cash out, and I didn't need it. Oh, yes, I did, because God meant me to bring it this morning, okay? This is not 20 pounds. It's not. If I said to you, incidentally, if I said to you, would you swap, would you swap, okay, a pound coin for this? I'm not going to, by the way, so forget it. But if I did, if I said, would you swap a pound coin for this, would you do it? Yeah, you'd do it. You'd say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, but do you know what? You've got tremendous faith. Why would you do that? Why, why would you swap a pound coin for this? Why? What for? Come on. What for? Sorry? Do you know, you've got a lot of faith in this, haven't you? You've got a lot of faith in this. This is not 20 pounds. If you read what it says on it, it says, I promise to pay bearer on demand 20 pounds. This is not 20 pounds. This is a promise, okay? This is a promise to pay 20 pounds. Did you realize that? This is not 20 pounds. And you put your absolute faith in this probably every single day without question. There's a challenge. Do you know God's promise is better than that? Yeah? God's promise is better than that. And you trust that every single day. You've got, you'll get out your tenner or your fiver or your 20 or your 50. There's some hope there. But do you know what? And you absolutely trust it. Someone gives you this stuff and you trust it completely and implicitly. 
You don't even question it. Read what it says on it. This is not 20 pounds. This says, I promise to pay you 20 pounds. That's what it says. It is not 20 pounds. So, it's worth, I just want to say to you, there are people here who may be feeling a bit down, a bit fed up. You know, you can trust God. You can trust him. His words are, his words are, are promises. You know, hold on to those promises of God. Don't neglect the promise. Don't neglect the times when God reveals himself to you. That, that's what that psalm is saying. Don't neglect that promise. He, he loves you. He cares about you. That's the anchor. That's the anchor that holds you when everything's moving under your feet, or when you're fed up, when things aren't going the way that you want them to go. And, and that's why we have to meet up together as well. I just want to say a couple more things. Time's going. Um, this was really good once. And this is a bit of a challenge here. This was really cool once, trust me. But if I don't do anything about it, it doesn't stay good. I, I just want to say, and this is a challenge, it's my, a bit harsh, uh, especially as I, I'm trying to encourage people, but in, uh, this, is, this is getting at me, all right? It's getting at me. I can remember all sorts of things that I used to do when I first became a Christian, all right? I didn't know everything. I did not know everything. I made some really, really good blunders. Uh, just a quick couple of stories. First of all, when I became a Christian, um, I was working in a betting shop, okay? You know, a really holy place. And um, I, was working, uh, I was working in this betting shop and doing that without even thinking about the fact that my father had a serious... I mean, serious gambling addiction, okay, which led to all sorts of horrible things in the family and also, you know, it wasn't good. And yet there I was working in, in a betting shop. It was a big kind of betting shop up in London. I think God's got a sense of humor because it was there I was reading the book that led me to become a Christian, okay? So I became a Christian, but I was still working in this shop, betting shop, because I, I didn't know any better. I just did it. And I went, to, um, I went to someone's engagement party, and they were Christians. Um, holy kind of nice people. And I'd never been amongst people like that. You know, and they're, they're, you know, I was kind of, believe it or not, I do sometimes move a bit. It's not very nice to see. I don't do it in public anymore. But this girl's there, and she's talking. So, so what have you been doing today? It was a Saturday. I'd been working in the betting shop um, during my college. This is in between my time at art college. And uh, she said, well, what have you been doing? I said, oh, I've just been working. Oh, what work do you do? Oh, I work in the betting shop. You know, she's a Christian, so she gives me one of those Christian looks. <laughs> you know, like that. Um, so I say, uh, yeah. And she said, a betting shop? Is that, is that okay? 
okay, you know, when you first become a Christian, you can be quite sensitive to things. And I thought, is that okay? Is that all right? And do you know what? The next week, I stopped. The next week, I, I instantly said, I went and said, I'm not, I'm not doing anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm just turning my cards in. I didn't say why, because I didn't know all that stuff about standing up for God and all that kind of stuff. I hadn't got there yet. And there were other times when I did things, so, so I, I was very instantly ready to obey what I thought God wanted, okay? Because I thought, I want this. When I became a Christian, I was like, yeah, get in there. I was all kind of, I was, I was 19 and I wanted to change the world and all the rest of it. Do you know what? Don't lose that. Because that's what I'm going to say now. Don't lose that. What they, it, that's right, isn't it? Because I think I lost that a lot. I, I once, I once went. Um, excuse me for going on. I, I was at Keswick. There was this convention. I was at a students' camp and stuff, and we went in a pub um, to do a bit of kind of witnessing and stuff like that. These guys were good at playing guitars and, and singing songs, and, and it was a folk evening, and, and they sang some really cool Christian stuff. I mean, it was it was good. Um, but they said we need people to pray for us. So, I can't, as everyone knows, I can't play an instrument, you know. Uh, I can't play anything. I can't even play the drums, for goodness sake. I'm pathetic. But anyway, they said, okay, well, what you can do is go and get people to pray. So I went outside, and I'm going, and talk, going up to total strangers. There's this kind of Christian market thing in Keswick at that time. So I'm quite happy to walk down. I'm seeing people who I think, he looks like a Christian. You know, would you pray for us? I went back to the student camp. They're all having cocoa and stuff like that. Oh, cocoa. Anyway, they, I, I said to the guy, I need to get people to pray. We're doing this thing, bit of outreach. And, and the guy said, okay, well, you better tell them then. So he bangs on the table and says, well, okay. He says, you better get up on the table so they can see you. Don't. <laughs> that has followed me the whole of my life. Um, but I did. I got up on the table and I did it. And you know what? I didn't care. I didn't care. Would I do that again today? That's a challenge. Just what it says. This is what it says in in Revelation. The, the Ephesians have been absolutely brilliant. They're following all the stuff that you do in a church, if you like. They're doing all the right things. They're absolutely amazing. They've got it all together. And this is what God says. I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you're like that and feel that, you are amongst great people. David, King David, you know, King David, there was a guy who fought Goliath and he fought and he fought and he fought and he became king. He went through all sorts of stuff. When he became king, there was a time when he'd forgotten why he'd become king. And he sent all his soldiers off to war, and he hung around some, basically sunbathing on a rooftop. Okay, that's what he did. He was sunbathing on a rooftop, sees a beautiful lady, and thinks, well, that's all right, I'll have that. He'd lost for that time, and he had to be restored. And that's the brilliant thing, he was restored. Remember that. He was restored. But do you know what? For that moment, he'd lost 
what he was at first. Don't do it. You know, be enthusiastic. Don't look. I wish there were more young people here, so I, you know, no offense, guys. You know, but yeah, that, that kind of feeling you sometimes have at first about things, and you can lose that enthusiasm because you become sort of more mature. You know, I wish I was less mature. <laughs> Don't even go there, some of you. But I wish I, you know, I wish I had that that I had before. And uh, that's my challenge to you. Don't, you know, keep close to God. Enjoy him. Rest on his promises. Just eat up his promises. Really get close to him. God loves you. And wherever you are at the moment, and whether I'm saying the right thing in the right way, you know, I don't care. I just want you to know that there is an anchor that you can hold on to. Whatever situation you're in, I want to I challenge you to keep that reserve topped up. I want you to challenge you to keep yourself open to what God has to you. I want to challenge you not to neglect things that I've said. But I also want to say to you, do you know what? God's promises are for you. He loves you. He cares about you. And I want to pray now for you. And I, I want you to remember as well. You know, it says in the Bible, uh, there was other stuff I was going to do. But I just want to say, first of all, this is me talking. We need to talk this to each other. Do you know what I mean? We need to speak this over each other. Don't leave it to me or Dave or Jill or anybody else. Do it for each other. When Mandy gave me that hug, that was her doing her bit. Come on, let's help each other. Father God, I pray that hearts that are sad at the moment, that you will encourage them, either directly or through other people. I pray, Father, that you will bring comfort where comfort is needed today. I pray also that where challenge is needed, where we need to kind of get off our backsides about something, that you'll help us do that. Father God, take whatever stuff I've said this morning and use it in individual hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, for his sake, amen.